Hey guys, thanks for joining the Radiate Church podcast today. I'm Brandon, the lead pastor here at Radiate, and I'm honored that you jumped in to hear this message. I hope that it challenges you, inspires you, and leads you to the life God intends. Enjoy the message. Hey man, can we give God a clap of praise for what he's already doing in the building today? What's up? Listen, hey, before you have a seat, why don't you turn to somebody and tell them what it, the best gift you ever received for Christmas was. Go for it right now. Best gift ever. <laughs> Whenever you guys are doing that, you're more than welcome to have a seat. But my name is Travis. I'm one of the pastors here at Radiate Church, and I am so honored and privileged to get to speak to you guys today on behalf of Pastor Brandon, who's actually traveling. He's in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So please pray that Pastor Brandon and Pastor Megan have a safe trip back in all this nasty weather that we're experiencing right now. But I'm very excited to kick off a brand new series called Best Gift Ever. I am excited about that. And it's going to culminate as we uh, work through the story of the best gift ever, which is Jesus. And, and he ultimately provides the best gift ever, which is salvation to us. But we're going to walk through this story together over the next few weeks with Pastor Brandon. And it's going to culminate into two amazing Christmas experiences on the 23rd at 10, 1130 right here. And then 4 o'clock on the 24th for a special communion service, but I absolutely love Christmas. It is my favorite time of the year. Ashley and I are the weirdos that put their tree up the day after Halloween. Is there anybody else that did anybody else practically kick the Thanksgiving turkey off the table and put the gingerbread house down? That's totally us. We did that too. It's funny. We've had a tree up y'all since the day after um, Halloween, but there's still not a present up under it yet. And we are not, there's just a cat tearing it up like 24-7. That's the only thing going on right now. But I am so excited. I love this season. And I was trying to think, what is the best gift that I ever received? I'm not really sure. I'm like in between a couple things, um, probably an Xbox. But I was thinking, uh, Christmas gifts themselves, they, like giving and exchanging gifts kind of creates a lot of anxieties and pressures sometimes. We could probably all agree with that, right? Giving and exchanging gifts. So, Probably much like uh, everyone in America, you guys are going to go to like a secret Santa or like a white elephant gift exchange, right? And how is it that it always works out that like whenever you go to those things, they say the exact same thing, like $20 limit, $20 limit, let's all get a $20 limit present. But like when you get there and you leave, it feels like everybody's got the brand new iPhone and you get like a Pez dispenser by the end of it. Like how does that happen every year, right? There's so much anxiety with giving and exchanging gifts. Like clothes. Who's ever opened up clothes at Christmas with like any confidence whatsoever? You like lift the shirt up and you're like, yeah, not even close, not even close. And people always say the same thing. Well, that's okay. If you don't like it, you can just take it back. You can just take it back. Oh, thank you. Thank you for giving me an errand for Christmas. I get to go back to the mall I've already been to 10 times in traffic already this year. Golly. And pajamas. Some people get pajamas as clothing for Christmas, right? Which is probably like a really cute gift to give your kids and stuff. But I'm in my 30s. If somebody gives me pajamas, I'm like, you know, hopefully I'll get the flu this season so I can wear these for a week, you know? I mean, it's <laughs> but there's so much anxiety with it giving and exchanging gifts. Some people give food as a gift. They give the classic fruit cake during this time of year. Pastor Brandon absolutely loves fruit cake. So listen. If you want to honor him during the best gift ever, bring him all the fruitcake, right? But I think that's kind of a generous way of describing fruitcake, right? Because I don't even think there's fruit in there. 
It's just like nasty bread filled with Skittles and jelly beans or something. It is just the most <laughs> random thing ever. But Christmas is truly the greatest time of year. But, you know, counselors will even tell you that for a lot of people, it's actually the most stressful time of year, right? And Christmas truly does, jokes aside, bring a lot of anxieties, right? We always feel like we have to top whatever it was that we did last year, we bought last year, and we have to rush out to get the newest QLED TV, right? Or we have to go get the newest Xbox or whatever. And sometimes um, we even will experience Christmas where, where we don't have a loved one we used to have, whether that person went on to go be with Jesus or say they, they're traveling or uh, work has taken them somewhere. Because for a lot of people, work actually is the busiest time of the year during the holidays. It's your peak season, right? Um, UPS, shout out, you're all our Santa's little elves. Um, thank you so much for bringing us all our cool stuff. But it really is a tough time of year for a lot of people, and it creates a lot of anxieties, right? But listen, today I wanted to, to tell you guys, as we, as we work into um, the best gift ever, and as we watch the story of Jesus and we learn from that, I wanted to take this opportunity, since we're very early in the holiday season still, um, just to go over four things I believe are going to really help us crush Christmas this year. Would anybody be excited about four ways? Their mentalities, they're just ways that we can approach Christmas that are going to help us crush Christmas in 2018. Anybody excited about that? Mm, my people. Very cool. The first thing that we can do that's going to help us crush Christmas this year, we're going to win at Christmas, is the fact that we have to choose joy. Right? We sing about it all the time, right? Joy to the world, joy to the world. And that's true, but joy is not just a feeling. Though it is a feeling, it's not just a feeling. Joy is an attitude. Joy is a mentality that we can walk in each and every day, not just this holiday season, but all the time. I want to turn to the book of James really quickly, and we're going to go to a couple different scriptures today that are going to help us examine how to crush Christmas. But the first scripture is found in James, it's chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 2 through 4 together. I'm turning there as well. It's going to come up on the screen behind me. It says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That is choosing joy. The book of James is incredible, and this is the half-brother of Jesus writing this letter. And it, there's over 50 commands in the book of James, so it's a very practical book that we can take and open and apply so much to our lives today. But how many of you know that just like we talked about, this is an amazing time of year, but it does come with anxieties. It truly does. A lot of pressure. You were buying 4K TVs last year, and you're buying no K TVs this year, right? Things can be tough sometimes, and we can experience uh, heartaches and drama and setbacks during the holiday season. But the book of James says that, that in, even when we experience these trials, that it can produce something in us, right? And the passage behind me said endurance, but I actually want to read... Uh, Something out of my Bible, which changes a word really quick. It says, uh, my brethren, count all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect word in you, that you may be perfect, complete, and be lacking in nothing. And I know uh, patience is the thing that we use when we're at the DMV and the doctor's office all the time. But I'd like to um, let you think about patience a little bit different today. Patience is the steadfast resolve that God is working in our situation. 
at all times, right? Because God sees things, the, he doesn't see them the same way we do. If we could just take a moment and detach and take a step back and look at our life, we could see that a lot of the things that we're going through, God is using to produce something in us, to produce patience, right? To produce patience. It says that, James says that when we choose joy, we produce patience, and that turns in that positive steadfastness. And in other words, somebody needs to write this down, God can take our setbacks and turn them into our set-ups. God can take a setback and turn it into a set-up. There's a, I didn't mention this in the first experience, but there's an author I love to read, um, and he writes all these uh, amazing books for leaders, and uh, he's got this thing that he does with his staff all the time to where every time there's a problem, his answer, he has a one-word answer to every problem they ever bring to him, and it's good. And I'm like, why would you say that? That's, that doesn't really make sense, but he always says, good, now we have something we can improve on. Good, now we have something that is going to produce a little more character in us. Good, now we have something that we can't rely on us, and we have to give that back to God on, right? Good, we have something that's going to produce endurance in us. Setbacks become setups. Proverbs 17.22 says that a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So the first thing we have to do to crush Christmas 2018 is to choose joy. It's not just a feeling. It's an absolute mentality. The second thing we have to do is to create a Christmas culture of generosity. Create a Christmas culture of generosity. So we just spent the entire month of November uh, in a series called November to Remember where uh, we travel with Pastor Brandon to examine scripture on how to help us develop financial stewardship in our lives and how God loves to bless order. And sometimes disorder creates some problems that doesn't allow us to be able to um, to be able to take the things that God gives us and produce a return on it. And if you missed any of that, please go back and watch that uh, on YouTube or pull up the podcast on Spotify or iTunes. Uh, I think it would be very beneficial. But this is our opportunity to put that into practice, right? We can put November to remember into practice this holiday season, right? And I want to pull up a, a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. And I think it's going to really help us understand Christmas culture. And what I mean even by the word culture um, is culture is the, the thoughts and the beliefs and the values that kind of make up how we feel about things and like who we are. So I think this is going to help us develop something more than just an opportunity to give. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, it's going to come on the screen behind me. It says, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he proposed in his heart, not grudgingly, are under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. This is an amazing passage Paul is writing to the church of Corinth, and um, he's doing something really not much different than we do a lot of times whenever we uh, raise money so we can send it to other churches so they can be planted, or we do like what we did whenever the hurricane struck the East Coast, and we raise gift cards to send them to other churches. He's kind of making an appeal right now to help raise funds for another church. And this uh, scripture actually falls in the longest uninterrupted passage in the New Testament, two chapters that has to do completely on giving. And the cool thing about it is, I think we can kind of peel back and see God's heart in a lot of this, and it's able to teach us a lot. And the first thing is giving is proportionate to receiving. Like the, pas the passage says if we, you know, if we, if we sow uh, sparingly, we reap sparingly, and if we sow bountifully, we reap bountifully. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to be somebody that I can be uh, 
generous with little so God can bless me and trust me with so much more in this lifetime. And God is so quick to, uh, to bless us all whenever we bless other people. And he does that, y'all. And we talk about it sometimes in giving. He does that in ways that money cannot even buy. And I love the fact that we can supply a need for somebody else. But intrinsically, God is just doing something such an amazing work in us. And, and the second part of it, I think, is, is maybe the coolest part. And, it's, uh, and I'm going to pull it up right behind us really quick again just so I can recap it, says this, each one of you must do just as he proposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, right? And we talk about this during giving, and Chris and Linda did such an amazing job, but there's a big difference in giving out of obedience and giving out of obligation, right? Such a huge difference, such a huge difference. The one thing that I really uh, love about this passage is, and I love places in the Bible where it kind of peels back and shows us God's heart and God's desire on things. It says, God loves a cheerful giver. And the Greek word that the Bible uses right there is a word called hilaros, which we transliterate today to a word like hilarious. God loves an outflow, this joyous outflow of generosity. See, when something's happening inside of us and it's going, uh, and it's working on us so much, it becomes an outflow. That is culture. That is creating culture when something's stirring so much in you and God is working so much in you, it just becomes an outpouring to everything else. Does that make sense? That is creating a Christmas culture of generosity, a hilarious giving culture of generosity. So the first thing we have to do is choose joy. The second thing is create a uh, culture of generosity. The third thing that's going to help us crush Christmas 2018 is to share our shine or share your shine. Christmas is the greatest time of year. It truly is. I think it's the greatest holiday. Just think about all the cool traditions that go with it, right? So we go outside and we cut down a tree and we take it inside and we take all the lights inside of our house and we take them outside of our house and go put them on the outside of our house, right? We just do bizarre things. And we go to the zoo, and we go check out lights at the zoo. Does anybody like lights at the zoo? My gosh, y'all, my wife doesn't like it that much, so I'm going to have to pick somebody in here to go with because she does not want to go to lights at the zoo this year. But I love it. I absolutely love it. And you know what I love even more? Christmas parties. They're the coolest parties ever, right? People decorate their houses. The food's better. Their houses smell better because they got the pine tree candles going, right? It's just a better time of the year. But what are we talking about with all this stuff? We're just talking about connecting with people. That's what we're talking about, doing life with other people. Christmas is about connections, connections with other people. That's the truly magical thing about it. And I'm not saying there's, you know, there's anything wrong with spoiling the people you love and buying them all the cool stuff and buying your kids all the cool Paw Patrol toys. There's nothing wrong with that if you're able to do it. But I would say that there's uh, – that. It, I would say that it's being present over presence any day of the week. There's nothing that ever is going to trump being present any day of the week. Christmas is about connections, right? If you're running low on connections this holiday season, that's okay. We've got something called a Connect Center. We'll get you hooked up with somebody to do Christmas with and get you a gingerbread house over there. But the Bible says um, a lot about the way that we can share our shine with other people, and that's found in Matthew 5, 16. It's going to come on the screen behind me. But 
the way we can share our shine is not just to be um, connected with other people, but to, but, but to be life-giving in those connections, to be life-giving, right? Matthew 5.16 says this, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Glorify your Father in heaven. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus uses two metaphors in this section of scripture. He's telling his disciples to come close to him. He tells them, he asks them to be like salt and to be like light, to be like a salt lamp practically. He wants them to be like salt because salt seasons things and it cuts through. Light cuts through darkness. Jesus is saying, in this way, you can model what I'm teaching you and you can cut through society. And the first way we can do that to be life-giving and share our shine this year is to truly, 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 genuinely love other people. It's the absolute best thing we could do. I had the privilege to teach on this the last time that I was on this platform, and it's First John 4, 12, and I'm just going to, it's not going to come on the screen behind me, I'm just going to say it, but it says, this that no one's ever seen God, but if we love other people, God lives in us, and God's love comes complete in us. Listen, God so desires to use us as a conduit in which we can love other people, and that love can be fully reproduced and reach its full measure. And Christmas can recreate some stress sometimes, because sometimes uh, the relationships of the people uh, that we spend Christmas with aren't always the best, right? For some reason, I don't know why we do this, and I'm guilty of it as well, but a lot of times we treat the people closest to us the worst sometimes. I don't know if it's because we think we get a pass and that we can do that, or sometimes we'll collect up ammo, and whenever we're with somebody, we just spew all that stuff out, and we're just destroying their, uh, just destroying them over something maybe they did years ago. That's not really sharing our shine with somebody. God says that, man, we need to be life-giving, spread his light. I believe we can show honor. I think that's a great way to, to share our shine with people is to show honor, and we talk about honor a good bit. We say we honor up, down, and all around. But one thought that I would like for you to think about honor today is we're going to be with our friends and family throughout those, the rest of the holiday season is that honor has more to do with your character than someone else's conduct. I'll say it one more time. It has more to do with your character than someone else's conduct. I get it. You might have a rocky relationship with people that you're going to be sharing a ham or a turkey or whatever y'all eat at y'all's house. Uh, this Christmas. I, I get that we're going to be around people um, sometimes that maybe have wronged us in the past or maybe have did something uh, that's created a separation that we're, we can't, we, we just can't come to terms with and love them the way that we should. But y'all, we've got to honor them. It, it, the way we treat them at that dinner table has everything to do about us and has less to do about them, if nothing to do about them. Paul says, actually, if you even believe, he says this in Romans 12, if you're even a believer, we have to lead in that like, we have to lead the charge in showing other people that we care about them and we feel about them the same way that Jesus feels about them. That's how we share our shine this Christmas. It's the first thing we have to do is choose joy. We have to create a culture of generosity. We have to share our, our shine. And point four is that we need to be a re-gifter this Christmas. Be a re-gifter this Christmas. How many of y'all got the scented candle at the white elephant that you didn't like and you slapped a new bow on it and gave it to somebody else? Y'all are in church now. Come on. Come on. We all, we all did that one, right? But we need to be re-gifters this Christmas. And here's what I mean by that is that 
when you really think about it, there's not that much that we can actually gift and truly give back to God that has nothing to do with us, right? So think about it like this. Whenever, whenever I pray, that's me connecting with God, right, and his will. That's, that's a me thing. I'm connecting with God. Whenever I open up my Bible, I'm connecting with God's word, his redemptive plan for us. I'm connecting with ways that are going to help me live my life out to have a full life in this lifetime and I understand about eternal life and the life to come, right? Whenever I give, what I'm saying whenever I give is, God, this stuff isn't mine to begin with. It's already yours. I'm going to give it right back to you. But not only am I going to give it back to you, I'm trusting that you're going to bless the other 90% that I have. But worship, listen to me, worship is the one thing that has nothing to do with me and everything to do about him. Worship's the only thing that has nothing to do with me and everything to do with how good God is. Because when I worship, I stop and nothing has to do with what I, anything I've ever accomplished, but it has everything to do with just the one gift, the best gift ever that God's ever given me and he's ever given us. So think about it like this. This is a interesting way of thinking of a worship. Well, first, let me, let me explain what, what worship is. Worship is not a place, right? It's not a tempo of a song. It ain't the first two songs that Pastor Chris comes up here and does each every week. Worship is the way that we express love back to God for the graciousness that he gives us. That's worship. Worship is not just reserved for this building. It is not just reserved for a playlist. Worship's a heart posture. That's what worship is. And I think this might drive this point home. So my daughter is six months old and there's nothing that she can realistically gift me. She can't give me anything. I give everything for her. You know, she, the clothes she has, the, the formula she drinks, the Paw Patrol toys she has, that all comes from mom and dad, right? But you know what the one thing she can give me is? Gratitude. She can give me gratitude. And she does that right now in the form of a smile. But you know what? She's going to be older. She's going to be able to give gratitude. And she's, I would even say maybe the greatest thing she could ever do it's whenever she's not around me, is to lead a life away from me that reflects the relationship that she and I have together in the first place. That is worship. And I, and I wanna read a passage to you guys. It's found in 1 John 4, 19. It's just, it's a very short passage. In 1 John 4, 19, it's about to come on the screen behind me. It says, we love because he first loved us. That's what makes it the re-gift. We love because he first loved us. And I'll tell you, the context of this passage has more to do with the fact that we know how to love other people because Jesus first loved us. But I, I chose it today because it shows us the origin of how we even understand what love is to begin with because God first extended it to us. When we praise him, we're just regifting and sending right back to him the gracious love that he gives us every single time. That's what makes it the regift. And I don't know about you guys, but I want the opportunity um, just to set a precedence this Christmas season to absolutely crush Christmas, crush Christmas and say, it has nothing to do about me, but it has everything to do about you and you sending your son and your son to eventually die on a cross for my sins. I caused that. That is the greatest gift ever. And we're going to, like I said, retrace those steps. But today I want to give you just the four ways that we can crush Christmas, which is choosing joy, creating a culture of generosity, sharing our shine, 
and becoming a re-gifter. So if you guys could stand to your feet and just bow your heads, I'm going to pray, and we're actually going to return uh, to worship today, because what better way to make that statement than right now before we leave as a family together? But I'd love the honor to pray over each and every one of us before we return to worship. If you could bow your heads. God, thank you so much for allowing us to gather today. Thank you so much for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. Thank you for the best gift ever. God, thank you so much for sending Jesus to us so that we could have a full life in this lifetime and an eternal life with you in the lifetime to come. God, I pray that as we go through the Christmas season, we, we have a, an amazing time with friends or family, but we don't ever forget that even though when things are tough, that we can choose joy, God, we can create a culture of generosity because you're so generous to us. God, I know that we can just share our shine because there are people who need it. There are people who need to see love modeled through us the way that, and it's the way that you love us just being reproduced. And God, I pray that we set a precedence this Christmas that we will worship you. And it's nothing about us, but it has everything to do about how good you are to us. God, I thank you for this opportunity to come together as a family today. And I pray, God, that you'll just begin to write this message on our hearts, God. So as we return and lift our voices together as a family, that we can begin to put this into practice and we can truly crush Christmas this year. And I thank you. And it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. We're so glad you joined us today at the Radiate Church podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry in any way, let us know. Send us an email at youmatter at radiatechurch.net to share how God is working in your life. Join us in reaching others by investing today at radiatechurch.net slash give. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive weekly messages delivered right to your phone. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.